0: So what's it like being coached by me? Welcome to a very special episode of the Rebel Entrepreneur Coaching Series, where we have the star of season one, Christina Russo is back, the star of season two, Jamie Dillon is here with us, and someone you've not even met yet. Andrew Alinda, the star of season three, is with us and we will be discussing what it's like to be coached by me, what they've learned through the process and what's been going on. Welcome to the Rebel Entrepreneur Coaching Series. The extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. Welcome to an incredibly special episode of The Rebel Entrepreneur. I'm a little bit nervous. I have no idea how this is going to go. We've not done this before. We have the stars of the first two coaching seasons here with us and the star to be of the next coaching series. So we have from season one, Christina from Fresh Print Media. Hello, Christina. Welcome back. Hello. Thank you. (laughs) I love your hellos every time. Um, (laughs) We also have the star of season two, Jamie, the artist. Welcome back, Jamie. Hi. Long time no see, I feel. It's good to have you back on the show. It really is. And then we have the upcoming star of the next season, Andrew Alinda, who none of you will have met yet. He runs a calisthenics YouTube channel called Cali to the Crowd, which you're going to find all about in the upcoming series. Andrew, welcome to the show.
1: Alan, as always, really, really grateful to be here.
0: (laughs) It's good to have you all here. And this is uh, one of the most multinational episodes we've ever done. Christina's in LA. Jamie's in Montreal, Canada. Andrew's in London somewhere in a very orange room. Uh, He's an Englishman in England. And I'm in Colombia. So this is the most international episode I think we've ever done so far. (laughs) Opening question for you all, which I'm sure the audience are dying to know. What was it like working with me? And I'm very hesitant to ask this question, but brutal honesty is always appreciated. What was it like being on the Rebel Entrepreneur Coaching Series? Should we go
1: in order of series? (laughs) (laughs) Why not? (laughs) Christina, you're up.
2: Okay. Working with you is a lot of fun. You have a lot of energy. It's like working with a whirling dervish sometimes, but it's good because I feel like it's, good energy. It's positive energy. It kind of rubs off. So yeah, that's really nice. Sometimes I have trouble keeping up because I feel like if I ask, what would Alan do? And I'm like sitting there and I haven't sent any emails and videos and whatnot. I'm like, oh my God, Alan would have done this because he just is like energetic and does things. And I'm sitting here like, "Ah, why can't I bring myself to type an email? And then I feel a little shameful. And I have to admit to you that I didn't send anything. So that's like the only thing is like, it was like, oh my God, I can't keep up with you. But
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's interesting that accountability piece, there is a pressure. So for those of you listening, it's about every two weeks. I normally speak to someone on the coaching series and we release the episodes weekly, but Christina and I were talking for about nine months before we actually released the series. But that, two-week period between does create some pressure because we come up with a plan, we come up with ideas. and like, excellent. And I normally say to people, so what are you going to do? And they write it down. And then two weeks, there's been some pressure. And I think Andrew felt the same at one stage. Like, yeah, spoiler alert, won't tell you what's happening. But you'll have to see there's some pressure there, definitely. Yes, it's interesting. Have you felt the same thing, Jamie? That I can't keep up? not that you can't keep up the pressure to do things before the next call because i get oh, them, yeah. yeah i'd never sure. want to work out with jamie i feel like she would destroy me i never want to work out with andrew either i feel like they would both destroy me fitness wise yes <laughs> <laughs>
3: actually i just wanted to say like i know everyone at home is listening and you just know video feed you don't have a youtube feed what a good looking group this is today what a, what a handsome and beautiful I mean, group
1: we are an attractive bunch aren't we yeah <laughs> Alan, you need to start a magazine so then uh we can all feature
3: <laughs> i like I it i feel like i,
1: like I, I, I
0: dragged the quotient down there
2: i was talking about everyone alan it's okay <laughs> I, I taught you how to pose for photos you're good
0: you did you did uh, so Jamie, what was it like going through that coaching season? Like we're actually, we've got your final episode yet to record, but up until now, what's it been like?
3: Yeah. What's cool is when we had our first session. I didn't know it was going to be a full coaching. We had just said, okay, because like, actually, I don't know if everyone knows the story, but I feel about Alan's like end of the year survey. And we started talking. He asked me, did you like do anything for your business? I said, yeah, I got a bunch of commissions. And then I sent him my art and he said, this is so cool. Can I commission you? And I said, yes, here's the price. And he said, that is too expensive. And I said, how about... <laughs>
0: I'm so tight. I apologize. <laughs>
3: it's okay. You're living the FI F- life. It's fine. And then I said, how about a trade like of like coaching? And then you said, I don't charge for coaching, but for you, I will, I guess. And then we did start to had like just one coaching session, which turns into two. And then when we decided I was doing the Kickstarter, you're like, hey, I'm going to coach you through it. So that was super exciting. It was amazing to have an accountability partner. It was like the biggest thing because... I'm very bad at doing stuff if there's no stakes. Like for my day job, I'm totally there, no problem. In fact, weird, like I guess I'm good for my workouts too. I never miss one. But when it comes to my creative stuff, there's no stakes. If It's not for a client. I have a really hard time sticking to it. So it was good that you were there to catch me on it.
0: It is interesting, that whole accountability thing and having the motivation to do things. Because when you come self-employed, The most exciting thing is that you are the boss and you get to decide what to do. But that's also the scariest thing because you're the boss and you get to decide what to do and you can do anything with your day. So you can watch a movie, you can go for a walk, you can do stuff to avoid actually making phone calls or marketing. Speaking purely from personal experience here, you would not believe how much marketing and sales I've avoided by working on websites or doing other stuff that doesn't actually bring me clients immediately. So it's really interesting, that accountability piece.
1: I want to echo basically what Christina and Jamie have just said. I think the first time I spoke to you, so like, very similar to you, Jamie, I didn't know this would turn into a coaching series for me. I pinged Alan an email completely out of the blue. And we ended up talking. And very similarly, he said, you know, let's turn this into a series that's figure out how to earn you some money through YouTube and I think my first conversation with Alan it was like the only analogy I can see is like putting a Ferrari engine in a Honda Civic (laughs) (laughs) it was like I met this person who has so much energy and confidence in something that I was creating and didn't have that much confidence in myself and that was really really encouraging so it I can see what you mean, Christina. It's a little bit intimidating, yeah, but sometimes you need that push <laughs> sometimes you need that push because I know in my friend' circles, I don't have people that are doing what I'm doing it's It's not normal. People aren't creating content, people aren't producing murder cyber chick comic books, and people aren't making photography businesses uh, you know it's it's not normal, so to have someone not only believe in you but also believe in you with that rich background it felt this is going to sound really cheesy but it really really does lift you up so that was my initial view of working with you Alan and since this it hasn't changed the only difference is I feel as my own confidence has grown I don't feel I need to ask for your permission to do things that historically I'd have never done you know I'd have I'd say, oh no I don't want to be rude I'm just gonna sit on my hands and not type that email or not contact that person now, I don't feel I asked you for those that permission anymore. And I mean, again, don't want to spoil anything coming up in the uh, in the season with me. But you can certainly see that initial lack of confidence versus where I feel I'm at now, if that makes sense.
0: It does. It does. And you would not believe how many people come to me and say, I've got this problem. And my standard response is, have you rung them? Uh, you would not believe the amount of people who go, no. And it's really interesting when you say to people, just ring them, just speak to them, just get on with it, just do it. It's fascinating. So I was quite nervous about this episode. I thought you were all going to uh, give me some abuse, but this is going quite well so far. Um, (laughs) Oh, be patient, Alan. It's coming. (laughs) So, like, really interestingly, what went wrong? What didn't work? What was painful? Did it jive? Did it cut? Like. There must have been some times where you're like, why am I doing this? I mean,
2: constantly, right? Like sometimes you're like, why can't I just be normal? Like you're saying, this isn't, it's not normal. Like, why can't I just be happy clocking in and doing normal job, jobby job at a computer? Like there's days where it's not exclusive to like our coaching together or the tasks we've been set. It's just sometimes this is hard. Why did I have to make everything hard for me? And then you think about the alternative and you're like, no, still don't want that.
0: So (laughs) just hard. What about you, Jamie?
3: Yeah, that's a really good point. Like I could just continue to live like the nine to five life, which I currently am. And I had, well, everyone's going to have heard that like, if they're at the end of my series that I quit my job, but then I got another. Um, So I'm still like, it was a contract, but now it could be turning full time. So I'm still in that cycle. I guess I'm more of the calculated risk person so like and and i think i'm a bit different than even like the other two creatives you know because comic books it's really hard to make money and so me just speaking these words from my mouth i guess this is another good thing that alan is very positive and doesn't really like i would say that in a coaching session and he'd be like no let's why why would you think that where's that thought coming from
0: i was ready to
3: yeah (laughs) because i said it that's like i'm gonna say something but all the things I've learned in this session, even though I'm starting a new, a new day job, I feel like the confidence that I got because of this whole process has allowed me to negotiate a very high salary for myself and negotiate also just, I don't know, like the things that I'm going to do are more creative. I'm actually like doing illustration stuff. It's kind of crazy. So I don't know if I would have taken that chance if I hadn't gone through the process of having, you know this kickstarter and having it successful and and all the scary parts that came with that. I don't know if this new, you know, okay, I'm choosing to go into a job right now for now. I don't think I would have had the confidence to really pursue it and to even ask for the salary that I asked for if I hadn't gone through that.
1: Yeah. I'm going to sound like an echo chamber because I completely agree. I think with this, and by this I mean the whole coaching series, the thing I found most challenging was putting all of my problems On paper, well, not on paper, on podcast, and having them read back to me as, why don't you try this? And sometimes, you know, like when you're experiencing problems, sometimes you're not fully receptive to receiving help. You know, sometimes you put your problems on paper, and it's weird because I actually get frustrated with this, and yet I found myself doing it. I put my problems forward. Say, for example, I tell Alan I was struggling with something with YouTube. And the solution or the fix or the option he would present to me would sound like something, yeah, I should do, but maybe I wasn't in a place yet where I was willing to try it. And that sometimes, when you need that push, I think that's one thing you're really good at, Alan, is just telling someone, try it. And the results that you find sometimes off the back of that are really, really surprising. You can find yourself trying something that you didn't think would work. And you find that to be absolutely phenomenally amazing, the results to be fantastic, versus you kind of just sitting there complaining all the time, wondering <laughs> why nothing's moving, you know, and then being frustrated with the world because everyone's against you. And, you know, so I think that for me was a challenge that allowed me to feel more comfortable trying things that, again, I wouldn't have tried otherwise.
0: And it's about testing. It's about just having a go, just seeing what happens. And I think I repeat to people often, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. Like if you do the same thing continuously, you'll get the same life. Uh, So try something different and you'll get different results. Try something weird and you'll get weird results, which I like weird results. Jamie, you had a thought.
3: I was also thinking that we all are coming in in creative businesses and I think that, you know, for me, like in illustration and comic, I'm always looking up art marketing, art marketing, art marketing. And what was great working with you is that you had this totally different perspective. And I probably would have never, I mean, I do like to listen to just normal business podcasts, obviously I listen to yours. And I think that taking that view, that totally outside of art view and bringing it in gave me all these tools that I never would have found if I had just stuck in the art marketing world, because it's always the same BS, trying to really hard not to work, over and over again.
1: <laughs> yeah. did everyone
3: notice did everyone notice that my <laughs> podcasts have a content warning e
1: yeah yeah <laughs> i remember the first season i watched of yours jamie and alan's uh disclaimer this podcast will contain swearing i was like oh here we go <laughs> 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 you had my rapt attention after that but yeah again i think that was one thing i found really surprising how relevant the advice was that was given to yourselves, Christina and Jamie. And again, like I said, initially I probably wasn't receptive to that, the the helpful messages that were kind of being paraded around on the podcast. I listened to both of your seasons as oh yeah, but Christina's a photographer, this doesn't apply to me. Jamie creates comics and does all these great stuff on Kickstarter. That that doesn't apply to me. But then the fundamentals, if you strip that back and you actually look up fundamentally, what are you doing? You're creating a product, you're putting it out there, you're marketing it, you're speaking to people about it, you're networking with other people like you, doing other things, but related, you're building more hype around what it is that you're doing. It relates to so many different things and that's probably one of the biggest takeaways I I took from listening to your series.
2: And one of the things, going back to your point, Andrew, when you actually put stuff on paper or out there, you write it down, you define what your hiccups are. Like sometimes, you know, beyond the resistance, because I feel that resistance too, where I'm like, well, I don't want to do I can't do that. Or I'm not in the right place to do that yet. And it's like, well, what's the harm of just trying it? But the other thing is sometimes the answer is pretty simple. You just can't see it. So you need someone like Alan that's just been there and like is like, oh, well, do this. And you're like, oh, why? Why is that so easy? Why didn't I think about that? But sometimes you can't see the solution or the answer or the the path when you're in the middle of it.
0: One hundred percent. I think it's really interesting when you start to experience different businesses. Everyone comes to the course and goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." That's the generic advice, Alan. Tell me how it works for my business. And I'm. I always think I just did. I just did. I just went through it. It's the same but everyone thinks their niche, their piece is different. And there are nuances, don't get me wrong. But creating a sale is about understanding someone with a problem, contacting them some way, telling them you can fix it and charging it for them. Fundamentally, that's it. And there's these business principles that have struck me over the years because... I've been in this fortunate position to have had lots of careers and then worked with lots of people starting businesses. I've been fired from several businesses. I've had, I don't know, probably 15, 20 different jobs in different areas before I even got to helping start my own business. And you just sort of start realizing afterwards, Oh, I've done photocopier sales. That's how they did that. I've done laptop sales oh i did recruitment oh i worked in a bar and a pub oh, i worked in a sportswear thing that's how they sold that and i think there's just there's just some fundamental basics of like doing business in this way seems to work so just try it and quite often like my youtube channel is not as successful as andrew's he is better at youtube than i am however i've got some fundamental understanding from the way business works, that I can still apply to what he's doing and some ideas and some energy that will help him do it. And I think it's just those simple fundamentals that if you always go back to them. And I I like to say regularly, people make business too complex. Like they try and make it so complex that it's difficult to understand. But actually, if we just come up with a product, a service we sell it to a bunch of people and we make them happy and then we do it again. That's the fundamentals of business.
1: Do you know what's funny? So first of all, I'm blushing at the YouTube comment, Alan, <laughs>
0: Stop
1: <it>. <laughs> <laughs> second of all, I genuinely think that's what made you a really shit employee. Like, <laughs> like, genuinely. <laughs> <laughs> like, like genuinely, because like, when I think about the companies I've worked for, the, Complexity, the red tape, the the planning, the project sessions. People do that because it makes them feel that they're moving forward, when really they're not. Sometimes they're going backwards, and it's that sort of you know rip up the business plan mentality that you say, and then someone in big corporate London will look at and be like, "Oh, huh? No, sir." You know, and yet that's the mentality that gets stuff done, especially when you're. A small business starting up from nothing you know you are ceo content creator video editor a designer marketer you're all those things and you can't sit and deliberate and not do anything for fear that you're going to upset someone or not follow due process
2: I think a lot of times in, when you look at businesses like that, the big bloat that happens, it's because everyone's trying to prove, this is my experience, is like everyone's trying to prove that there's a reason they should be there and getting paid and like, look at the things I'm doing in the meetings I'm setting up. And it's like, yeah, there's a lot of fluff. It's like not actually moving things forward, but it shows that you're like working. Mm.
0: <laughs> 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 I was never very good at that game. I uh- <laughs> I was never very good at that game. I just wanted to do things. I just wanted to make it better. I just wanted to improve it. And that actually caused me problems, just as Andrew said, with the people around me. Because I'd want to create change. And change makes people uncomfortable. And they did not like it. It worked in a lot of instances, but they didn't like it. And then it caused friction. And well, you can see where that goes when you're doing that sort of stuff. It didn't really work for me, which is why I ended up doing my own thing. I think I looked around after the last time I got fired, paid to leave. I was looking around at jobs going, I don't want any of these. I don't want any of them. I just need to do my own thing. And then eventually did my own thing. And it was quite painful for a couple of years working it out, but I'm glad I did. Something Christina said earlier, why can't I just be normal? I don't know if you've ever had days like that where you've said it to yourself, but I do regularly. Why can't I just be normal? Why can't I just fit in a regular size clothes? Why can't my feet fit in regular size things? Why do I have to have weird health issues? Why can't I just be normal and fit in the box? When I'm entering a country, they're like, are you here for business or pleasure? I'm like, neither. Neither, both. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I'm just having fun. It's like, why can't I fit in a form? I do have those days where I just think I just want to be normal. But then I kind of take a breath, relaxed. I get over the frustration. I look at my life and go, why would I ever want to be normal? I do not want to be normal in any way. Normal looks it doesn't look fun. And I don't know if you've ever done this. We did this with my uh, friend, Emma. She came round and I said to her, Emma, you are not normal. And she took it as a bit of an offense, like saying she was weird or different. And I'm like, no, this is a compliment. You are not normal. And she was like, yes, I am. So I, I got out my laptop and looked up like the average stats for English people like what actually normal is, how much they drink, how much exercise they do, how much they make. And I went down going, here's the stat, are you normal? The bar is very low. She's a triathlete business owner that doesn't drink. She was a triathlete for Team GB. She's not normal in any way, shape or form. And it's really interesting, really interesting, like that desire to be normal but to fit in. And actually then realizing, like, you don't have to fit in, you can go and create your own thing. And probably for the first 20 years of my life, all I wanted was to fit in, but I didn't. Yeah.
2: And it gets harder as you get older too, I think, because when, like, I know for me growing up, I was, I danced at a very high level. I was very involved in arts. And so, like, everyone was a creative and kind of not normal growing up living in san francisco it's kind of a not normal people live a lot of weird alternative lifestyles and do different things los angeles there's that but there's a little it's a little less it's a little more business-minded like even the arts are really business-based here but you can still find like people that are like living these alternative like they're really focused on their goal and they're not settling down and having a family but the older you get the more people don't do what we do and it's It can wear on you. You look around and you're like, oh, I'm the only one that's still striving for this thing or not living this normal, quote unquote, lifestyle. I have a friend. We talk about this. He's actually also a very above average Londoner and he's, you know, he's in his early 40s and he's like, yeah, it gets hard. Like, I'm still out here striving. Everyone else has given up and just doing normal life, you know, (laughs) in the countryside or something. It's it can be a little lonely. So, you know, it's it's good that we have found community like like minded people here. Yeah, I feel so similar. And
3: I just like I literally just turned 40. And like, yes, I am walking into like a new day job, but that doesn't mean I'm ever stopping this dream of being a comic artist. Like <laughs> that's still the top priority. I'm just like, good. Now I can fund that a little better <laughs> Like for now. I just see it as like a step to like me creating more comics and doing the art I want to do. And I really felt like when I turned 40, I like had a little time to myself and I was like, yeah, I'm like totally super happy with my life and the choices that I'm making. Like, I definitely want to pursue this even more and even harder than I was before. And I've been a weirdo since high school. like So the idea of fitting in and trying to be any part of like any normal society was like, no, it's just like when I realized like I was not going to be like a pretty popular girl with like straight hair, straight blonde hair. I was like, I'm just going to do my <laughs> own thing, I think.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just always wanted to fit in. I was, I was desperate to fit in because I didn't. And it did take a lot of years to realize it's okay to not fit in. And actually, I'm now glad Like I've created this different life, this different world, and I live in it. And I love it. I would like to say to everyone listening there's nothing wrong with getting a job. Some jobs are amazing. And I was actually, uh, I was journaling, as you do, about your goals. And one of the questions I regularly ask is, what if you did the opposite? And I sat there thinking, what's the opposite of what I am now? Okay, I'm a, a millionaire nomadic person without a job. So should I settle down and get a job? And my first reaction to that was, that sounds hideous. There's no way I want that then I had the idea of what job would I want. Ooh, maybe I could write to Marvel and get a job working for six months on one of the MCU movies and just say, I will work for free. I have some skills. What do you think? And it sort of started to inspire me that maybe there is some things that I'm yet to experience that I want to go and do. And there's nothing wrong. There's some incredible jobs out there and there's some incredible things to do. And I think fundamentally... I don't care what people end up doing as long as they're happy. Don't care if they get a job. Don't care if they build a business. I just care that they're happy. And happy is different to every single person out there, which is what makes this so rich, varied, and fun.
1: Yeah, just snowballing off you there, Alan. I think a lot of people, when they think about starting a business or having a business, I should say, it's a zero or one. I I am a full-time entrepreneur sitting on my yacht, sipping champagne at 10 o'clock in the morning on a Monday, or I'm a corporate desk jockey, tie, done up to my nose, hunched over, looking at Excel 24-7. There is a broad range of things that appear along that spectrum, and your happiness might look very different to somebody else's. And Jamie, the point you just made on your job now allowing you And empowering you to do what you enjoy more with more financial muscle behind it. I can relate very much to that. The idea being that the confidence that you actually got from your side hustle, quote unquote, is now giving you the confidence to go and demand a higher salary in your job. That back and forth, that almost like confidence relay loop, is something I see so much and so often. I've certainly seen myself. And yeah, it really doesn't have to be that one or zero. You you can create a life that you enjoy.
3: I love that. Um, well, the first thing I wanted to say was, Alan, when you said there's nothing wrong with, I thought you were going to say, there's nothing wrong with being normal uh, audience <laughs> members. Uh, you don't have to be cool weirdos <laughs> like us. And that's okay. You know, your life is valuable nonetheless. So I'm glad, you know, <laughs> that we could all just say that to everyone. But yeah, I think also like, maybe learning more entrepreneurial skills because I have this new job because I took a really big risk with the last one and just full on quit for like a contract, which is like maybe could turn into something full time. And I don't know if I hadn't had, yeah, like the entrepreneurial mind because one thing that kept going through my head was I will figure something out. If this all goes to shit, if the contract ends and there's nothing after it, I will figure something out. I just know it. And I didn't know what it would be, but I just knew that I would figure something. out. I have lots of plans. I have lots of ideas. So I think, yeah, even if you do enjoy having a nine to five, you like that security and you want to have a side hustle the rest of your life, those business skills give you a confidence that the security of a day job will never give you.
0: The security bit I find really interesting and developing the entrepreneurial skills to know this sounds a bit fluffy. What are entrepreneurial skills? Entrepreneurial skills are spot problem, come up with an idea, fix it, make things better. That's what an entrepreneur does. And I don't care what it is. That's what they do. That's the way of thinking. And it's a different mentality, but they see, oh, that doesn't work. I'll fix it. Developing those skills, developing the mindset of making things happen, it cannot help but improve your life in every area. And if you apply it to your finances your finances will get it better. If you apply it to your relationships, oh, that's interesting. Why did we have an argument? What happened there? What did I make you think? And it can be painful to go through it, but it makes things better. And it doesn't matter what you apply these skills to, it helps to improve your life. And another thing I don't think any of the audience members know, uh, but everyone on this call is into financial independence At some level, which is, yeah, Christina's giving me a thumbs up. I don't think everyone- Some
3: level, some
0: level for some of us. (laughs) (laughs) But it's really interesting. We had that episode in season one with Christian Bryce of Millennial Revolution. They're from Canada. That means you know them, don't you, Jamie? Yeah, we're very close
3: friends, actually.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They were doing that episode about passion first or passion second because they were writers and they hit financial independence through being an engineer, then followed their passion of being a writer. And they had this thing of you should not follow your passion first, which is kind of different to my advice. I'm like, why would you wait? Why would you do a a, a job that sucks the life out of you? Like find something you can earn money, have fun. like you can do that. You can follow your passion. Even if you do it as a side hustle alongside your job until it becomes big enough, at least you've got some spark and some energy in what you're doing. But you can take those skills and just create the life you want to create. And I think that's been the theme through all of this is whatever you're doing, apply these skills to your finances, to your life, and you can build an incredible life. And I think it's been an incredible privilege that you have all let me come on this journey with you. And I've got to watch as Christina quit her job. Well, the second time anyway. <laughs> Did I quit it twice? Well, you said you were going to quit. And then you came back on the next episode and said, couldn't do it.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it took me like four or five months to actually quit. At <laughs> I least. was convinced
1: you were going to have one more year syndrome.
2: Oh, yeah, no.
1: After that episode. <laughs>
2: They didn't pay me enough, and I was too bored.
0: I couldn't do another year. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know, one more year syndrome is when you're ready to leave your work, but you don't feel the security. So you stay in a job that's actually holding you back because you're worried about leaving it. That's one more year syndrome. And it happens whether you're an entrepreneur, it happens whether you're doing financial independence and you want to quit, but you're like, one more year, I just need to be way over my number. And it happens all the time. And I think it is scary to take the jump and do what you want to do. And Christina felt that leaving her job. Jamie felt that when she was leaving her permanent job to take a contract you feel it when you're jumping and you go, I don't know how this is going to turn out. I really don't know.
2: Well, and it actually helped that you are, you know, in the FI world because we were able to discuss that too and like say, look at the numbers. What do you have? Like, what's your your thing? And there was a, there was an off the record discussion where I was really worried about that I should buy a house and blah, blah, blah. And I was like going through the the thing to get approved. And obviously you have to have money available for that. And they also, you know, I don't know about your country, but in the United States, you basically have to have a legit job or two years worth of uh, records of your freelance and like your tax deductions can't chip away at it too much because then they're like, well, you don't actually theoretically have any money, et cetera, et cetera. (laughs) And so I was like, oh, if I do this, I have to have the job at least until then. And I didn't want I really didn't want to. And also there was a lot of shooting and alan gave me permission to just not buy a house if i don't want to which i was just it was more societal pressure that that's what you're supposed to do and he gave me permission not to and you know we broke down money and finances together over our different talks and it gave me confidence i think from a logical point of view to be like oh yeah i can do this and not die i won't be in the gutter
1: yeah i really get that same sense as well christina because like Listening to both of your series, with you, Casino, it was all about, like, should I, shouldn't I, deliberating, um, and and Jamie, I remember, um, I can't remember what episode it was on, but you were talking about messaging a whole host of people, and one person in particular, I can't remember who, but there was so much judgment around, this person isn't going to be interested in my Mandy9 comic, this person isn't going to be interested in what I'm doing, and... It's weird that you use that word permission, Christine, because it's true Like here you have somebody who, for all intents and purposes, before what, like for me, before what, Alan, when did we start speaking? Six months ago?
0: Six months ago, yeah. Six
1: months ago? Before six months ago, I had no idea who you were. Like, well, <laughs> I knew who you were on the podcast, but we'd never had a working relationship. We'd we never spoken. And here I was coming to you with all my problems. You're like, Alan, help some of the things we've spoken about on the podcast, I've not spoken to with my best friends, with my mum, with anybody, because they wouldn't have this. Like, if they say, oh, I'm sure it'll be fine, because that's what your family and friends say, isn't it? You're you're struggling with something. Oh, I'm sure it'll work out in the end. But oh, Cheers, mum. <laughs> and sometimes you do need somebody who's experienced that to give you that permission to to say, you know what, try this. And quite frankly, to be honest, you're probably in a better position than most to give this a go. And like I said, sometimes you need that, that vote of confidence.
0: It's strange, isn't it? Because I shouldn't have to give anyone permission. And it's not me giving permission. It's just like, it's a weird thing because Christina said the word societal pressure. And there is, I felt it. My granny's advice was get a good job and stick at it. Stick at it. And like... In a way, that's great advice once you've found the thing you want to do, not before you've found the thing you want to do and you're in a job you don't like. That's the point, to quit quickly and change, change, change until you find the thing, then stick at it. But this societal pressure of take the good job, get the nice house, get the bigger car, do the thing. Like, I needed permission to be different. People have done this for me in the past. Like, they've said, it's okay, Alan, you can do what you want. And society judges me for it, but I don't care anymore. It's like, judge away. I've got an amazing life. I don't care. It might not be for everyone, but that's fine. But it's fascinating, this whole permission to do what you know. You know inside it's the right thing you want to do. You just need permission not to follow what everyone else says.
3: Yeah. When I think about when I was like thinking about quitting my job for this contract, I wrote you, I left you voicemails. I had other friends that I go to for advice, and I realise now I was 100% waiting for everyone to give me permission. I knew what I wanted, I just wanted permission from all these other people to be like, okay, it's fine, you
0: can't, I approve. Isn't that interesting?
1: And do you know what's funny with that, Jamie? If these people gave you permission, and shit hit the fan, and things didn't turn out well, you're not going to go back to them and be like, hey, you told me everything was going to be okay pay up because, you know, I've got a mortgage, or I've got rent to pay. Like, that that would never happen. So ultimately, it's on you anyway. So it's very true. You might as well give yourself that vote of confidence. Yeah,
0: I have had this thought, because when Christina was quitting her job, like I get nervous giving the big advice of just go for it. It doesn't sound like it on the podcast, I'm very sure, because I am confident. I know it's the right thing, but I did like, I'm talking to Katie about it afterwards, my wife, and we're having this chat of like, what if it goes wrong? (laughs) What if it's not right? Like, we're going to have to fly to LA and help her build this business. I'm going to have to make it happen somehow. Um, I mean,
2: that sounds great. You want to come out?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I love it there. But it is really interesting. Like, I know you're saying it's the same thing, isn't it? You need permission to do it. I need permission for that. And there's this pressure we put on ourselves to do what we do and you just need someone to say it's okay have a go it's okay and if you're listening to this please do your due diligence before you dive in and i'm there's an upcoming coaching season that none of you know about where someone dives in like completely dives in mid season to something that i would not have recommended and did it without having things in place. And there is a level, if you haven't done your numbers and your work and have thought about it properly, that it can backfire, that it can be difficult. And I always recommend doing that. But I think this is where it comes down to knowing yourself. Christina's, you know your numbers, you know what you're doing. You think about this a lot. Jamie, also, you think it through Andrew, you've got your corporate job, you've got background, you think it through. And with the three of you, I more have to push, like go do it. Whereas the next coaching season, I'm more sort of putting the reins on, going, just <laughs> chill, just chill. We need to think about this. Let's have some thoughts first. So I think if you're listening to this, know yourself. If you are someone who dives in, you need to chill for a week before you make the decision. If you're someone who's slow to make decisions, and it takes you years to make a decision. Like you need someone to push you and you need to just get on with it. And I think that's where it gets fascinating is the advice you give to one person is different to another. And some people I will say, just slow down. And some people I will say, just get on with it. You need to do this yesterday. Come on.
1: Just jumping on that hype train there as well. And I find that I'm both those people with different parts of the business. So when it comes to working in the business, so like creating the videos, creating the content, I am that first person. I'm the person who wants to dive straight in. If you told me create videos all day and put them on YouTube, I'd do that easily. The other side where you're telling me work on the business rather than in the business of if you ask me about emailing other people, contacting people I've never spoken to before, putting stuff on Instagram, you'd think putting stuff on Instagram would be a lot similar to putting stuff on YouTube. I don't make that connection. Instagram feels more like marketing. With all of that stuff, I am the other person I'm the person who needs to just go and do it because otherwise I won't I need to, I need to have the itinerary and tell myself i'm doing this on this day or it won't get done so again, your feedback about which type of person you are, if there's something you look at in your business that you always kind of default to doing till last because either you don't enjoy it or that's not a bit of you switch it do that first, do that. First thing when you wake up, make that part of the thing you're comfortable with. And that will probably be the thing that supercharges you.
0: I feel like that's exactly what Jamie did with her marketing messages. She'd wake up in the morning and do them immediately. Yeah, I was just thinking that. (laughs) Yeah, was that something you didn't want to do? So you needed to do it first?
3: Yeah, it was totally, I did not want to do it at all at all. And so I, I did it first thing in the morning. It's funny because I didn't used to be such a fit person. And I got in the habit of doing my exercise in the morning because then I knew I could not do it. And now I just do it in the morning because I love it. And it sets the tone for my day. Maybe marketing will reach that point one day. I don't know, though. <laughs> I'm not sure. It
0: does. It does.
1: I will say, Jamie, when I, I literally listened to the episode of yours that dropped today, it's the 30th of June. I think it dropped either today or yesterday. And you said that you wake up every morning and you open 20 tabs so that you can message people. The idea of 20 tabs on my browser gave me serious anxiety. <laughs> so I was sat in the mirror listening to your episode, visualizing 20 tabs on Google Chrome. Like, nope, no, 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 nope. <laughs>
3: It's funny because that's my happy place is like 20 times. <laughs> like, oh, good. Uh, everything I need is open all the time so I can forget <laughs> <No>. about
2: it. <laughs> I'm the same, Jamie. I get it.
3: Oh,
1: You guys are terrible people.
2: I started using this thing, though, this plugin with the browser that like makes it look better, though, for people like Andrew. So if you came over, then you wouldn't see. It's like I swept it all under a rug. <laughs> oh, I, like that. I just want to say like, I don't know why,
3: but calisthenics and minimalism, they seem to go together like no equipment, just what's around you. Keep it simple. You know? Yeah. So mm-hmm.
1: exactly. Though so you probably can't tell from this from my room. I it, <laughs> It's a tip at the moment. I had to very quickly try and find my microphone before this podcast. So the minimalism isn't. From the people listening to this, Jamie, Christina and Alan can see behind me not very minimalistic. So
0: So, this has been incredible having you all together. I absolutely love it. I think the thing I would love to get from you all is throughout this process, like what's the couple of things you've each learnt that you would love to pass to the audience? Like what have you taken away from this? What could they do differently? What has really struck you? What have you learnt And it's a really fascinating position you're all in because you've done it and listened to other people doing it. And it's a fascinating journey you've been on. So yeah, what have you learned?
2: I think one of the things I've learned is listen to yourself, your inner dialogue or what you're saying. If you hear should a lot, then inspect that, whether it's in your life or your business. You know, if you're saying, well, I should be on Pinterest, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, you probably don't need, like, choose the important ones. So look out for should. It's like a red flag. The other thing I would say, oh, I forgot, but come back to me. I have another one. (laughs) (laughs) I like that a lot. I do
3: the should a lot. And my therapist has helped me work through that. It's a cognitive distortion, this shoulding. When I listened to the first episode again, or the second one, when I was like, really, I can do the project I want to do? What? Like, that was a huge revelation for me because I'd always put off doing the thing I really wanted to do, thinking that it couldn't make money, that I had to do something else instead, that it'll always be the side thing I do. And it ended up being super successful. So, that would be like a huge takeaway for me to say is like, just do the thing you want to do. Like, if you, you know, I mean, I still have a day job, right? I'm doing it slowly, but if it's your passion project, put all the other passion projects away, do the one you want to do. Like, love yourself enough. And value yourself enough to pick the project that you love. And you're going to actually have a lot more energy
0: to pursue it. I love that. I absolutely love that. Um, One of the things I've spotted recently, there's this idea of self-care and self-care is having a bath, a bottle of wine, some chocolates. And actually real self-care is creating a life you actually want to wake up to each day. It's not just pampering yourself in a life that you don't want to live. It's creating a life you actually want to live. So stop just doing what you should do and start doing what you want to do and build the life you want.
3: Although I do love a good bubble
0: bath.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. I've kind of got two bits of advice. The first one is kind of something I've spoken about a little bit already is find yourself people that are doing what you do, even if it's not specific Find yourself other people that are building small businesses. Find yourself other people that are creating content if that's what you're doing. Find yourself other people who are just absolute weirdos like you because you will get so much energy from that. I've already told Alan the amount of times I'd come off a podcast with Alan and it would ruin my night because I'd be up till one because I'd get so many ideas. I'd be typing away the amount. And I'd say half the videos on my YouTube channel, the notes of which have probably been created after a podcast session with alan we don't talk about fitness we don't talk about what i'm going to be doing on my youtube channel but the energy that you get from speaking to other people who have experienced what you do and and the challenges you've come up with i've found it especially as someone who my, my circle my friends are great i love them so much but they don't do this this isn't them and i accept that
0: i Just wanted to add, I think that lots of people say they're introverted. And quite often I say to them, well, you just haven't found the right people to be around yet. Because it is incredible if you're around the right people, how much they lift you up and energy they give you. It is unbelievable. So if you're sat listening to this going, I am an extreme introvert, just try and find some people like you that give you energy. It's incredible when you find them. Sorry for interrupting, Andrew. Keep going.
1: No, I 100% agree. And my second bit of Advice off the back of all of this is that the business you're creating doesn't have to be the next Tesla, the next Microsoft. You know, it doesn't have to break the bank and, you know, you kind of got your room in your house like Scrooge McDuck. It can be like Jamie and Christina, your experiences, the thing that helps you along your route to FI or Jamie, in your position, the the thing that gives you the confidence to walk into your boss's room and ask for a pay rise or walk into a new job interview and demand a higher salary it can literally be as small or as big as you want and when you find that out it's extremely freeing because what you actually find is that you're able to take the bits of your side hustle that you enjoy most and the bits of maybe your day job that you enjoy most and build that life that you want and that can happen relatively quickly, you can if you want, you can take those bits and design your life to be a life that you maybe wouldn't even have thought of a year ago. You can get to that place relatively quickly. And that would probably be my second piece of advice that, again, it doesn't need to be a one or a zero, it can be bits of both. And you can build it the way you see it, not the way society kind of tells you your life should be.
2: Yeah. And my final piece of advice is just pick something and do it. And at the macro level, that can be like, you know, Alan's talked about this in his regular series is you want to start a business, you know, you don't know what to do. Like there's all these ideas you could just pick some. But at the micro level, it's also just do it and keep doing it. It's with the emails and the outreach. It's difficult when you don't hear back from maybe a lot of them or you have to keep sending them repeatedly to like Paying them, get on the radar over time, you, you know, we're saying up to seven emails, right? It's like, it's a little tough when you don't hear anything back. So some days I want to be like, well, I sent five emails, that's that, what's the next idea? You know, and you you flip from thing to thing to thing. So it's like, just stick with it. Just keep at it. It's not simple, but it's hard and just keep going.
0: I love that advice. This has been a phenomenal episode. I've absolutely loved it and it's been a privilege being on this journey of entrepreneurship and building life. And really what we're doing is building lives we want to live because we all want to do. Jamie wants to create art. Christina wants to create and do photographers. That's the wrong sentence. (laughs) Uh, Yes. (laughs) Thank you very much for helping me. I may be a podcast presenter, but my mouth doesn't always work as it should. And Andrew wants to do his YouTube and his fitness. And we're just, we're building lives we want to live. And I think that's what this whole thing is about, is build a life you actually want to live because you can have any life you want to have. If you're willing to pay the price, if you're willing to put the effort in, if you're willing to do, as Christina says, you get rejected and ignored by emails, you can build any life you want to live, which is just so inspiring. And coming up, we've got Andrew on the podcast. So if you would like to hear him say more sayings like snowballing off me or jumping on the hype train, you've got Andrew's entire season coming up, which I'm very excited about. You'll also learn a huge amount about YouTube. And we have a couple of guest stars from season one, Matt Estley and Rob, who have their woodworking channel are coming back to teach us about YouTube and they've been a fantastic influence. So we've got that coming up. Final question for everyone listening. What's next for you all? Where are you going? What's next? And maybe, actually, I'm just going to ask Christina and Jamie that one. What's next for Christina and Jamie? Because you'll have to tune in next week to find out what's next for Andrew. For
2: me, I am still working on my marketing, but I've been focusing on strategically doing a couple shoots, like spec shoots, for the projects that I really want to book. Ooh, I can send you a preview. (laughs)
0: I'd love to see the preview. Send that preview. I want to see.
3: So for me, I'm finishing up the comic, finishing up my first Kickstarter, getting to be shipping it and all that stuff. It's super cool. And then uh, it's actually, I want it to be part of an anthology. So that will be, my next one will be another Kickstarter or another comic.
0: I love that. I love that. So Jamie, where do people go to see your comic to find out more about it?
3: So you can go to jamiedillon.com, J A Y. M-I-E, because I'm a weirdo, and Dylan like Bob Dylan. And then all my social media is Miss Jamie Dylan, because someone already had Jamie Dylan. Who are you? Why did you have to take my name? (laughs) And you can keep up with everything there. Yeah.
0: I had that. Did you know there's a comedian called Alan Donegan and he used to come up on page one of Google until I set my mission to eradicate him from page one of Google. So if you're listening to this comedian, Alan Donegan, I apologize for removing you from Google, but I needed it. Anyway, Christina, where can people find you and your photography business and see what you're up to at the moment?
2: They can find my business at freshprintmedia.com and also Instagram, freshprintmedia. And if you want to look up my personal, which is also generally a lot of photographs I took, it's at Swagstina, S-W-A-G-S-T-I-N-A. It's
0: fun. I love that. So do check out both of those. And Andrew, if people want to see your calisthenics videos, which have inspired my wife, by the way, if people want to see those videos before next week and check out your channel, maybe go back to your first videos and see what they're like.
1: Where do they go (coughs) First of all, avoid those first videos like the plague. (laughs) You can go onto YouTube and if you search "Cali to the crowd, C-A-L-I to the crowd, Cali short for calisthenics, or you can go onto Instagram and search my name at Andrew Alinda. You'll find me
0: both ways. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show, everyone. You are incredible. Will you keep coming back and telling us how you're getting on? Absolutely. 100% awesome. And if you're listening to this, go out there, pick something, make it happen, pick anything and start building the life you want to live. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out. Be different. Be yourself. Be a Rebel Entrepreneur.